0: Welcome to The Found Cause, We have found our cause in serving the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm Michael Blame Behind the Machine, and to my virtual front is...
1: Sebastian, the bookkeeper.
0: Hey, Sebastian. How is it going?
1: I am doing just fine. How are you, Michael?
0: I am feeling the mood. I was realizing, actually, after listening to our last podcast, because it took a while to edit, complicated technical reasons, um, that I smirk, like, way too much when I'm having fun refuting somebody in a response video. So I'm going to make a, a concerted effort not to smirk when we're reacting to somebody. But today's episode is not a response video. And we're gonna be talking about people that are smirk worthy, i.e. our top five heresies. Heresies, Sebastian, heresies. And the way we describe heresies are not just something that we disagree with. There's plenty of things in Christianity that we disagree with others on. But like we've said in episodes before where we've outlined things that, that make brothers and sisters in Christ and the dividing line between brothers and sisters in Christ and enemies of Christ, um, heresies are things that are on the other side of that line. So they're still people who claim that they're Christians. So they're not just straight heathens. They're not um, Muslims, although some maybe consider them a heresy, but they're not like Buddhists or something like that. They they claim to be Christian of some sort. However, they actually cross the line over to denying the gospel. They aren't saved. They, They lead people into hell. They're the false teachers that Christ warns about. So that is what we define heresy is. So that could be a lot. It can be a broad list of things. There's many people who claim Christ in some way or another, but me and Sebastian have compiled a top five list of heresies. Other gentler YouTubers might have made a top five, like favorite things about God or favorite books of the Bible. We've already done those. So we're going into the depths of hell literally and talking about five heresies. Sebastian was telling me that good YouTubers start with the buildup and we don't just start with the number one, we start with the bottom. So Sebastian, how about you start us off with your bottom five heresy. And we'll see if we match
1: with my, with my, with my lamest one, but still You're pretty lamest. bad. So the fact that it's made it, yes, still, the fact that it's still on the list, it means it's relevant to this day. I should for also me, ask, yeah, I
0: should also ask what were your criteria in for rating your list? Is it like danger of the heresy? Is it how much the heresy ruins your life? Is it how much it's a risk to the current church right now? Like what's your, what's your rating system?
1: Well, you just gave it. You just said them all. So that's exactly what I was using. So how okay. relevant is it? For example, no, n- with you know, scale-wise, Gnosticism would have been one. But how many Gnostics are running around nowadays? Like two yeah. in France. So that was relevant two thousand years ago in the church. That was. I would say that would be the deadliest one in Christian history. But but nowadays, so to, in, in modern day relevancy, how Efficient? How evangelistic? How outspoken is this group? I would say. Okay. And how common is it across, you know, the the world as well? I would say. How many people? The number, people-wise, I would say. Okay. So relevant.
0: How big is it? And what else?
1: And the danger it poses to any individual that listens to them.
0: Okay. So you're doing it's a whole amalgamated list. It's not only how big it is, how relevant it is, but also how dangerous it is.
1: Yes, hence okay. why it's just five because you know it could go could go on on and on, yeah. but we have narrowed it down for me. But the the number five would be legalism, or I would call it pietism. So I'm taking some shots at John Wesley because he was uh-huh. the person who promoted it in the U.S. back in the eighteen hundreds. was an, Ang- an Anglican pastor, priest, and Brought it, he started the Methodist Church. That doesn't mean that Methodists are heretics. What I'm saying is, is this train of thought. Pietism is, in my opinion, heresy because it's an overemphasis on the sanctification of yourself to the point that it almost obscures the work that Christ has done in your life by focusing so much on yourself. In many cases, it's destructive because it leads you to doubt your mm-hmm. own salvation because you're not meeting the checklist. And it actually leads to legalism, which we have done a whole episode on this. So that would be adding extra rules that are yeah. beyond what the scripture did. And Jesus hated that. He slapped the Pharisees metaphorically. Unfortunately not literally. It would have been funny if he did literally. And condemned them for adding things to the Bible that were not part of the spirit of the scripture. For example, in the US the something that was a pietistic would be the ban on alcohol. Right. And that's terrible. Like, why, why are you getting that from? Have you not read Isaiah that says that in heaven we'll have wine overflowing and the God is going to prepare a feast in front of us? So, you know, you can't, it, is it sinful to be a drunkard? Yes, but it is wrong to say that alcohol is sin, sinful. You, f- you see the difference?
0: Absolutely. I mean, we're preaching to the choir here. We did it in an all episode on alcohol, actually. But I, this one's interesting to me, Sebastian, because I don't think most people call this a heresy heresy. They just call it a bad movement in the church. But you're saying that it actually can lead to straight legalism. So it's really legalism with the pietism that leads up to it. Because legalism would say that works of the law are really what save you.
1: Yes, yes so i would say they're to me they're interconnected specifically in the us and not so much europe nowadays because you know who knows where europe is at nowadays they're all over the place yeah but in the us what led to i would say what has led to so many people leaving the church is all this this extreme overemphasis on righteous living mm-hmm. but it's not righteous living you're adding a bunch of random things to the gospel like though for example thou shalt not dance mm-hmm. thou shalt not listen to rock music thou shalt not wear normal clothes to church like oh why, why are you adding all these lists so by adding these strange extra biblical impositions you're adding burdens on people and i would say that has actually that actually led to many people having a wrong conception of christianity and thus leaving the church that's why i include this as a very dangerous teaching borderline her- heresy
0: but heresy, it, it yeah. is heresy, right? To it went to a certain point. So I mean, is just uh, preaching that you should wear suits to church heresy? I would say no. But like you're saying, can add to um to actual heresy, which is Pharisaism. Which um, again, Pharisa you people call things Pharisaical all the time, and sometimes they're just totally wrong. Sometimes they're right, but it's not a gospel issue. But you're saying in Toto, the Pharisees not only added laws to the law of God, which is bad. That's not heresy, which is bad. But they also said that you could be justified by those works. But of course, he doesn't promise to heal you because he is God and does what he wants. So that is why I put prosperity gospel at number five. It's dangerous to the individual. You can get yourself in a faithless situation or in a terrible financial situation. But otherwise, it's not as bad as the rest of my list. So prosperity gospel number five. All right, Sebastian, we'll move on. Number four, what is your number four?
1: all kinds of Unitarianism. You can put them, put JWs in there, you can put in one the Pentecostals, you can put up straight up Unitarians in there. All of those It is very easy to fall into, I would say. And I would, say, I blame that primarily on a lack of proper understanding of the Trinity, mm-hmm. making it easy. People are very, I would say, makes people susceptible to fall into Unitarianism quite easily and We've done a whole episode. We have done many episodes on all these groups that I just mentioned. Yeah, it's a really broad
0: category. You're giving it Unitarians.
1: Yes, but but the reason why it is a heresy is because you end up distorting the God of the Bible. You end up creating Mm -hmm. a completely different God, I would say. Pretty much how Islam. I mean, they have many other problems. I understand, but their God is a Monad. They do, they, they straight up say, do not say three. Oh, servant of Allah. So, right. do not say three. Well, yeah. He has many problems because he starts saying, Mary is part of the Trinity, okay, whatever, that's strange. But nonetheless, monad is emphasized and it destroys, I would say, the the gospel itself. Sanctification, the transformation of your character. Mm-hmm. What is the spirit doing if it's the same? If, if God is at the same time with the places, you know, it, it's really confusing and I would say it is bad, very bad. Yeah. I mean, it. it
0: I would probably move it up on your list. If I was making, I mean, I, I know what my list has. I didn't put it all in one category and I have multiple Unitarians. Um, it comes in so many different shapes and sizes that, yeah, it's definitely a top five heresy. Again, I put it as multiple top fives, um, but Unitarianism is usually the spawn for something else, I think. So like Jehovah's Witnesses, um, are Unitarian, i.e., they believe that God is one, that Jesus isn't God, um, and that's that's key to the thing that Jesus isn't God. He's a God, little g judge. He's God's firstborn creation, but he's not God. And the same goes for Unitarian Universalists. Um, believe that God is one. Of course, they have their own crazy. That you know, they're totally different than Jehovah's Witnesses, right? They believe like everybody goes to heaven and and a whole bunch of other stuff. But they also believe that God is one, that Jesus isn't really God, and equally the Mormons. Um, are Unitarian in that they believe God the Father is one, but of course they believe there's like a million different gods, an infinite amount of God's action, that we will become gods one day, and that Jesus was a God, a true God. He just isn't God the Father. Um, So Unitarianism can come in like a million different shapes and sizes. But I agree. I think you won't find much pushback from conservative Christians on Unitarianism being a heresy, except with oneness Pentecostals. It seems like, and I have some conservative members of my church that have qualms about this with me, that one seems because they're so similar to regular Christians, right? They still worship, they sing the same worship songs as we do. And they say that Jesus saves and they believe that Jesus is God, right? That's the key. They, they don't say that Jesus isn't God. They say God the Father's God and the Holy Spirit's God and Jesus is God. Um, and it's so pernicious in the black community. A lot of people in the conservative Christian sphere right now are a little softer on oneness Pentecostals. Because they think that's just like a misunderstanding that the black community has, and therefore it's really just a way that our black brothers and sisters are worshiping. Um, I would refute that, like you said, Sebastian. The key is that even if they have a lot of details about God, right—that that, that he was Jesus, and then he came down to Earth, and then he saved us. The key point there is that he was Jesus. But now he's something else. Most one Pentecostals don't go very far after that because they know what that sounds like to say that Jesus doesn't exist right now because he's currently the Holy Spirit. Because we would all say that Jesus does exist, right? And that makes them really start to sound kooky and out there. And then equally, the father doesn't exist right now, right? The only way you can get a working view of the actual God is with the Trinity. If you distort it and make him a one God, it's the equivalent of doing the whole Jeroboam thing, The, the king of Israel who split off from Solomon's son Rehoboam. He sets up two Calves, two golden calves, and says, these are Yahweh, the God that brought you out of Egypt. So he says it's the same biblical God. He says that it has all the same laws that, that Yahweh gave, all the same laws. He supposedly delivered them from Egypt. He's got, I mean, he, he says to worship in different cities and whatever else. He does have some different laws, but mostly the same, supposedly the same God. However, it's two golden calves. So it's really denying the truth about God. God is not two golden calves. He is one God in three persons, and he does not bear an image on the earth. He's not a a statue. So those are key differences that we would say that Unitarians actually deny the gospel and the saving grace of God because they worship a different God. They worship, um, they might as well call him a different name, right? They worship Allah or they worship um, Imhotep. I don't know, some, some, some different name that's not the actual Yahweh because the actual Yahweh is three in one.
1: Mm-hmm. exactly so that I would say this has been around for a very long time since the very, very early 80 days of the church mm-hmm. had some weird people come up with weird beliefs about uh, you know, God putting on different masks as we did on one of our episodes mm-hmm. and also I would say it's really in a tough spot as a Unitarian or one as Pentecostal because there are clear references in which it says Jesus is referred to as God and claims Godhood as we've done in our prior episodes, mm-hmm. how he attributes the title of God to himself and divinity. The Father is worshipped, hence he is God. Mm-hmm. And the Holy Spirit is also addressed as God. So you have these three different persons. I'm just putting, putting here a positive affirmation of the Trinity so you guys can understand what it is. These three different persons are God. But as we all know, Shema Israel: the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Mm-hmm that's what every jew says every day when they wake up how can it be three what
0: and that well, it's not it only is. just that it's also and maybe you have a, a verse in this sebastian but they appear at the same time so it's not I do. modalistic it's they're all working together simultaneously
1: i do yes as soon as jesus was baptized it is in matthew 3 he went up out of the water at that moment, heaven was opened and he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my son, whom I love with him. I am well pleased. Wow. Three. Mm-hmm. All God show up at the same time, but they are doing different things. It's not as if they're like switching masks or putting different outfits back and forth. And it's not as God as a monad. Yes, there's three persons who are all God, but they're not three different gods. They have one essence, one substance. I'm just giving you, you know, the Nicene defi- defi- mm-hmm. definition here. But this is, I would say, the doctrine of the Trinity. You can see it throughout the Bible, sometimes in the Old Testament, too, as we've done episodes on that as well.
0: Yeah, so it might seem abstract, especially, again, to, I know some people disagree with my church, but I think it's vitally important. It's a very serious issue, and so yes, I agree it's a heresy. Not only is it a heresy, I think it rightfully deserves its place number four. I would put it higher. All right, well, speaking of, let me go to my number fours. Again, I cheated. I have two categories, but both my number fours are copying you, Sebastian. That is, I've got two Unitarian Movements as my number fours first for dangerous a so personally dangerous to the to the members of the belief I would put Mormonism as my number four so Mormonism Maybe it's not traditionally Unitarian because it's got many gods but We've done episodes of Mormonism I won't go into of details, but false prophet Joseph Smith American religion says that we can all achieve Godhood and that God has a father before him and that he became a God and so we must also become gods ourselves That God lives on a planet and we one day will live on our own planet and be masters of that planet gods of that planet And that the way to salvation is through following the law as much as we can and then we are saved by Jesus and so it's not only a workspace gospel it's also a totally false god I put Mormonism in the dangerous category because I think it's perniciously dangerous because usually the media uh, paints Mormons as like a lovably nice sect that is false you know most people believe that Mormons are wacky but that is ultimately harmless because they brush their teeth and they don't drink coffee and they're oh, like little squeaky clean white people um, which, I mean, some of that's true, right? They don't drink coffee for the most part. And they are, for the most part, pretty crime-less, right? Because they've got a pretty homogenous culture out there in Utah. However, Mormonism... And they used
1: to be very white. And they <laughs> used to be very white. I and mean, they're
0: still pretty pretty white. Uh, used to be exclusively white, you know, for the whole Brigham young stuff. But, I um, mean, there's plenty of things you can poke holes in Mormonism. We could talk all day. But uh, I think they're particularly actually personally dangerous because they have all the same cult strategies, right? Ostracism... Um, ex uh, excommunication um, hardcore family denial and rejection um, they've got like harassment in there so all the, the typical cult stuff or that is attributed to smaller cults where it ruins people's lives if they try to leave or if they even question um, are present in mainline mormonism and then all the fringe cults of Mormonism which I think hold truer to the original Mormon tradition um, that had polygamy in there those of course completely destroy communities and families and women and men alike and children so it's it's' uh, a very pernicious evil belief it shouldn't be um it shouldn't we shouldn't allow it to have its smear of like peaceability on top of it it really is a destructive religion and then equally i put at number four for my efficacy so effective cult beliefs and uh, I, mormonism is pretty easy to just dismantle I think there's so much information about mormonism and it's such a um belief that has so many holes that it's not too bad to 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 walk somebody out of Mormonism, I'm not very scared if Mormons are around. However, my number four for efficacy, Jehovah's Witnesses are much scarier. Now, they used to be very, very scary. They've been around for a while, and so there's a decent amount of information and material about them if you want to combat them. But Jehovah's Witnesses believe that God is one. They're Unitarians. They don't believe that Jesus is God. They believe he's preeminent above all creation, firstborn above creation, that he is our Lord, but he's not actually God. He's not the God. And so that's, of course, in and of itself enough to reject them as heretics, but they also have a workspace gospel. They also have a bunch of false prophets who claim that they know the end times, and then the end times don't happen on the dates, they say. So all that said, it's false prophets. It's a false belief. It does not lead to the gospel. You should run far away from it if you're involved with Jehovah's Witnesses. They The, the, the reason I put them in there, effective, they're hard to combat, is that just like the liberals, which I put at number five, they have their own scripture. So they've got a freaky, weird scripture um, called the New World Translation, which takes all the normal texts you'd go to to prove that Jesus is God and modifies them so that you can't. There are some texts that remain in the New World Translation that you can use against uh, Jehovah's Witnesses, I would say namely Revelation 1 or Revelation 22 which have a combo of God the Father saying, I am the first and last, the beginning and the, the Alpha and the Omega and then Jesus Christ at the end both identified clearly and both Jehovah's Witnesses and us would agree that these are Jesus Christ and God the Father speaking respectively Jesus Christ at the end of Revelation says, I am the Alpha and Omega the first and last, the beginning and the end, just like God the Father does, so clearly they are both God Trinity, etc. Sebastian, you have a great, like, Christology one you always go to in the Old Testament that can also be used for Jehovah, Jehovah's Witnesses.
1: Oh, yes, yes. In Genesis, when when Abraham, when God meets Abraham, and with all the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah, in their in their Bible, in their version of the Bible, it even, they haven't edited, edited it out. It says, Jehovah rained fire from Jehovah in heaven. Mm-hmm. So, clearly showing that there's two Jehovah's, standing in two different places at the same time. Yep. And I would say, you know, that that Jehovah that speaks face to face with Abraham and then has his feet washed by Abraham is Jesus because no one can see the Father and live. So I would say that's Jesus in there. And I find it fascinating. I haven't edited out yet, but I don't think that they could. My suggestion, and I don't want to forget, is to try to use their Bible as much as possible when speaking to them because you want to keep the door open so you can at least get the chance to give a positive presentation of the gospel to them. Because if you show them anything else, they have been trained, they have been, they have taken all the courses, do not listen, do not receive any literature from anything that is not from the, the Watchtower. They are organizations. So if you can use their Bible, more points to you, you're going to find it a little bit easier to approach them i would say definitely worth the effort
0: yeah and they're kind of a sad group these days because of all their failed predictions um, they've kind of run away from the united states but they have a lot of bad blood and people don't respect them and uh so while they are very trained at, at using scriptural proofs they really are running away from americans these days and are running more towards latin america and east asia so kind of a sad group so i put them at the number four but they are still a force to be reckoned with as far as heresy goes I'm also realizing that uh, this episode got cut. not that anybody or reviewers know, but we had some technical difficulties. My number five for efficacy for dangerous groups was liberalism, I just alluded to it. Liberalism is the belief that the Bible isn't really real. It can be um, as pernicious as that, the Bible isn't really real, and that Jesus is just a figment of our imagination, but we still call ourselves Christians because we generally like Christianity. Or it can be as broad as, oh, I don't like that part of the Old Testament, it's fake. Um, so I would say that that is very broad and it's very hard to combat only because it, you have to like go into the fundamentals of the faith. Like, why do we believe what we believe? Why do you even call yourself a Christian if you don't believe the Bible? All of that. Um, and it, it's hard for people that just reject portions of the Bible they don't like to be convinced otherwise because they don't really care what's true. They really care what they like, um, typically, if they're falling into that. So I think it's it's a heresy because it's denying God himself, usually denying the way to salvation, usually denying judgment and a whole slew of things, but I put it as my number five because it usually gets people to question why they're a Christian anyways, and then it really doesn't become a heresy, it becomes just straight God rejecting atheism. So while it is pernicious and hard to combat, usually it results in just people realizing that they're either heathens or they repent and turn. I mean we pray they do repent and turn. So that was my number five. Number four was Jehovah's Witnesses. All right. That being said, we're moving up on the list, Sebastian. We're getting a little hotter. So what'd you put as your number three?
1: yes these people are smaller in number but can be extremely destructive to a born-again believer and i use that word so i'm giving away what i'm what what group i'm thinking of and i'm saying the antinomians mm. those who may be saying anti-what <laughs> people who are against a, the law Antinom- anti-nomos Meaning that these are the people that say once saved, always saved. You can do whatever you want as a Christian; It doesn't matter. Jesus saves you. No matter what the heck you do. And of course, the implication of that is you can literally do whatever you want. You can get smashed every day. You can do drugs. You can sleep around all you want. That's okay because Jesus has saved you. And you... You said you said that the words, you repented. I, actually, you no, you don't even I repent. You don't repent. need to repent. You just say the prayer, and I believe Jesus as my savior, and that's it. Yeah. You're and I put them put them higher in my list because it is really easy to for anyone, I would say, to fall into this trap because it sounds it sounds biblical. Mm-hmm. doesn't it on a surface level but then uh, ironically it is completely slapping all and swiping away all the work that Jesus did for us like have we, this is ironically this is when we will actually quote James the, the epistle of James mm-hmm. these people and show them how faith without works is dead how ironic that we have to because for other groups we have to combat their abuse of the scripture yeah this' group, it's like no you need this you need it.
0: yeah and i agree with you but i put this on my list as well um, a little higher than yours i think that it is especially dangerous because like you said it attacks born again christians because it sounds like the gospel because the gospel is um, not by works but by faith because that's really the big thing that antinomians push they say it's a free gift of god not from works that no one can boast um, so, therefore, it doesn't require repentance. It doesn't require anything. And, you know, like Mima who died at 72, and she was, you know, spitting on Christ and killing kids until her last day. But she, boy, howdy, she's in heaven because she said the prayer. And don't you dare say otherwise. It, I, that pulls the emotional heartstrings. Um, so it gets genuine Christians to believe it. And then they end up um, either not promoting the gospel, the true gospel, because they don't think it matters, right? If people said the prayer, then, then who cares? But it also keeps those who are not, saved from being saved because they don't think you actually need to repent of course christians know that you need to turn from sin and make jesus your lord we're all still being sanctified so you're still going to sin right and they're going to be mistaken and there's christians that are mistaken on what's a sin and what's not however they entire knowing that something is a sin and still embracing it is evil and what's kind of ironic honestly is that most of these um antinomian groups are like southern deep southern baptists they're not in the southern baptist convention because They reject that, um, but they're fundamental, independent Baptist churches in the South, typically in the U.S. here. They're also extremely pietistic, and they have extreme rules that you need to follow to be part of their congregation. And yet, they reject works as a means to salvation. So they are kind of oxymoronic in that way, because they are definitely suit-wearing, no-dancing Baptists, and yet they also say that you don't need anything but faith to be saved.
1: Have they not read in Mark the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of god is at hand repent and believe in the gospel
0: yes exactly and all the other messages about the gospel so they reject repentance and we would say that is heresy all right that's a good number 3 i agree with it uh i put as my number 3 and again i split cuz i cheated so i've got them split into two categories for my effective one the one that i don't like arguing with or that i think is more dangerous as far as its widespreadness and acceptability I put as my number three, Oneness Pentecostals. So we already talked about them, but going back to the same stuff we said about Unitarianism, Oneness Pentecostals are, they look like regular Christians because they still read the Bible and they still say that Jesus saves and they need to repent and believe and, and be saved. Often Oneness Pentecostals, depending on what group it is, so if it's the UPCI, which we did a uh, video on, they add works to their gospel, which is an extra heresy, but um, but one is Pentecostals often go to texts. They proof text with texts. that don't have full context and they'll, they'll go to acts and say that everybody's being baptized in the name of Jesus. And therefore we only need to baptize in the name of one name, Jesus, and not the father and the Holy spirit. And, and they, I don't know. What do they do with the texts that say baptize in the name of the father, the son of the Holy spirit, like the end of Matthew, they say, well, go to, go to acts and acts says in the name of Jesus. So clearly the name of Jesus is the father, the son of the Holy spirit. And therefore, god is all one that they're all jesus but of course they don't ride their theology out we already talked about it i won't harp too much but i would say they're dangerous because they proof text they still read the bible um, they snare a lot of well-intended christians but it is not the right god and therefore it is heresy plus the fact a lot of their weird cults like the upci have a lot of other culty issues of excommunication and life destroying isolation and all that my on the dangerous front, i put as my number three Um, something that can hardly be called Christian, but I think it's just Christian enough and extremely dangerous enough that I put it here, and that is New Age Jesus. So there are many, many New Age traditions and weird beliefs that it wouldn't be called Christian in the slightest. They're either Hindu, weird offshoots, or aliens, or whatever else somebody's dreamed up in their backyard. However, a good amount of them have Jesus thrown in there somewhere, right? So somehow Jesus saves, but also we have to... Um, combat the forces of demonic oppression by crystals and um, seances and uh, sacrificing idols and fasting or whatever else so uh, new age jesus can take on like a million different forms so i can't possibly describe them all but the problem with new age jesus is not only does it deny who god is same nature of god stuff right it admits to to other supernatural forces that don't exist and and aliens, but it also pushes sorcery and communing with spirits, which is a sin that leads to death in the Old Testament and the New and today. And it it can be extremely dangerous because seancing with spirits and and idol worship and whatever else might happen is not only a rejection of the true and living God, it's also like liable to get you oppressed by demons or and generally suicidal and unhappy and and destroy your life. So I would say it's probably the most personally destructive spiritual belief you can take on it's just not usually so related to Christianity and so I put it as number three because it's super dangerous on my dangerous front but it's a little less Christian than the others so that's why I put it as my number three
1: have they not read from first chronicles it's like what is that even in the bible no <laughs> there was a book in the bible chronicles oh it's a great book let me tell you but it says that the one of the main reason why God Got got rid of Saul, King Saul, was because he went to a witch mm-hmm. to seek a counsel and advice on what to do in the future.
0: Ironically, I think a lot of New Age gurus say that that's a reason you can go because not only did the witch were like truly raise the spirit—that's questionable—but um, truly raise the spirit, but also that like. Saul was the king of Israel, so it was a good thing. They just ignore the fact that, of course, he loses his kingship for that very reason. Explicitly, um, they say that you know, king of Israel did it and and was successful in doing it. So therefore, it's a valid thing to do in today.
1: The king of Israel also set up two two calves, and right. called him Yahweh, <laughs> yeah. and then also married Jezebel and killed all the priests of God. So I suppose we can kill priests of God because of that.
0: Yep yep it's not really a a logical one it's just excuses to keep doing what people want to do that was my number three sebastian we're getting up to the high rounds what is your number two heresy
1: oh i would say it's the radical side of progressive christianity and those are the ones pretty much very similar to yours how you said liberalism Mm. but in this case so you put yours way
0: higher than mine
1: Yes, and the reason for that is how easily he has snuck into uh, churches. Mm. I would say this would even look into theology. I would also include that in there, because it's really seeking to deconstruct the faith and change it into a different alternative. Deconstruction
0: so, theology, he said.
1: Yes, yeah, deconstructing exactly, exactly. That's when you now, now be fair. I say I think it's fine to deconstruct traditions. For example: Methodists and Baptists have a whole thing against alcohol. I sound like a drunkard here, but I don't care. I'm not. So, but I'd say it's not biblical to be anti-alcohol because God many times over and over again says how wine is good and even commands commanded in the Old Testament. If you're on the way to Jerusalem and you can't make it, stop. Go buy some wine for your family, and not just one strong drink oh yes yes right even wow even better so all of that goes to say some can be bad and are definitely worth looking at and we encourage everyone to do so i say it's actually appropriate to do so with wisdom and caution but then these people take it to a whole new level like is jesus really did jesus really say he was god is the bible really real right is is Jesus really the only way to salvation that's the kind of deconstruction that's bad harmful and it's really easy to sneak in i have a book here from a good good author Alyssa childress another gospel she has her own channel on youtube so she's her, her thing is talking about progressive christianity and how to debunk it so i would recommend that and something that i've been discussing in my church too just to keep up to date because again it's Pretty common. We have done a reaction video to a certain Pastor Dawn in Canada. That's the true, true embodiment. That's like everything. Progressive hey, yeah. If you want to check made. out this
0: great response video, um, if you're willing to uh, lose a couple years of your life listening to her and me,
1: yes. But she encapsulates everything that is progressive Christianity would say in a beautiful, actually not beautiful, in a succinct <laughs> way. Yes. Definitely not Not, beautiful. not too beautiful. You will. <laughs> yes, but but it is. You can see how people who call themselves Lutherans, they call themselves Baptists, they can easily hold these weird beliefs like Jesus is not really God, the Bible's not really real, et cetera, et cetera. So that's why for me, it's very destructive.
0: Yeah, I mean, I agree with you in the destructiveness. I think it's so destructive. The reason I didn't put it so high is that I think it's so destructive that it, it kills itself really fast. You know, it kills itself faster than Mormonism or Jehovah's Witnesses or whoever else it eats itself. And, and those churches usually have like three members. It's the pastor, their wife, and um, the last remaining old man who has forgotten how to read. And so he doesn't realize what's <laughs> happened to the church. That's usually what those churches look like. I um, mean, you can go to like the Methodist church in America and see the splits that there's usually a more conservative congregation. But the, the pastors and pastorettes are ridiculously progressive. And in that case, it's alive and hurting people. But um, yeah, I think it does burn itself out pretty fast. But you're, you're okay. You can put it as your number two. I put as my number two, um, a throwback. So I, these are ones we've already said before, but I put it number two for dangerous to the person. That's part of the movement. Jehovah's Witnesses. So a throwback, I put Jehovah's Witnesses already as my number four from ethic effective heresies. Um, and widespread heresies, but it's also personally dangerous, um, pretty notoriously personally dangerous because of how culty they are as far as they cut you off. They don't want you having owning any other versions of the Bible. They don't even want you owning old versions of their New World translation. Um, they they take up a lot of your time. They take a lot of your money. Uh, they usually say that you can't make money on the side, or if you make money on the side, it needs to be like you can only keep a portion to yourself, um, a certain portion of the church says. Uh, they push a lot of weird, dead, movements and traditions and and um, ritual rites and things like that so while they're they could take on a similar form as mormons as far as being straight laced because they dress well and they're like happy-go-lucky um they're also pernicious and to leave them is as bad as leaving scientology so i would put them at number two for personal endangerment i would also and they're and we already discussed why they're called I also put as my number two on effective heresies, I said anti-lordship. So we already talked about it, all the reasons for it. I just put it higher on my list because I think this one captures more real Christians and it's really widespread in the South and even in the North here, Um, especially with the rise of megachurches that do give the gospel, but they don't go deeper than that. And they do emphasize the whole view that it's just by faith you're saved, which we agree with. I think anti-lordship can organically arise without needing any like cult leaders to push it, that it just organically arises from incomplete teaching. So I put it my number two for effective all right, since the whole episode has led up to this, Sebastian, our number one heresy of the moment. What is your number one heresy?
1: The most widespread, the most expansive, the most effective, efficient one of getting to believers. And calling itself Christianity is no other than the Roman Catholic Church. Mm. Yep. And we agree on that one. So it's like, wow, excellent. That we share the same mind with that. And why you might say, why? Why are you being so mean to Catholics? Don't you don't you know that now they side with us on many issues like on the position on abortion? I mean, these are like people that take Catholicism seriously, they're anti abortion. They have vote for Donald Trump. Also.
0: Except when they vote for Joe Biden. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Who is supposedly Catholic.
1: Ah. So are you saying they're not a unified body? Interesting. Um,
0: well, like any other, but yes, they're very not unified. Yes,
1: yes, yes. I'm just poking fun because they say, many apologists for Catholicism say we're one single-minded church that's been the same all the way back to the time of the apostles. We're the one true living church. OK, all of that, all of that being said, why can't we just hold hands with the Roman Catholic Church now as good Protestants, as we should? Because don't we all believe in Jesus? Don't we all believe in the Trinity? Don't we believe in salvation by Christ? Don't we believe the Bible is real? Yes. And as we just did a reaction video to a Catholic monk, this channel is breaking in the habit. The main problem with Catholicism, and I will say, you know, I have said multiple times I am an ex-Catholic myself, is the mixture, the confusion of sanctification and justification
0: yeah
1: it was they have rejected since the Reformation we're not justified by faith alone they say you're justified by faith yes from Christ and it's only by Christ there's no other source of salvation out there but you also have to do works you also have to merit that grace yeah that's the whole that's the whole thing that's the whole problem that's why you can't have agreement friend
0: yep and that would be, and, and of course, there's a lot of baggage that Roman Catholics have that's not related, I don't think, directly to the gospel. But the idolization of Mary, um, which on, there's like sects of Roman Catholicism that do idolize Mary to a point that I think is heresy. They call her a co-redeemer, um, which you have. I know you have this whole book you've been studying, Sebastian, so I'm sure you're happy with you. Yeah, there it
1: is. Uh, the weird things they ask for Christmas gifts, the glories of Mary. Yes, oh. which
0: has, like, a million heretical, freaky statements um, deifying Mary. So that's just, like, straight heresy, idolatry, and rejection of Christ as his sole savior. But even if you aren't freaky weird on the Mary side and and all the other baggage that Roman Catholicism has, the core rejection, like you're saying, Sebastian, of the gospel is their belief that you are justified by your sanctification, which is evil. That's why they have purgatory as a thing that exists. Of course, it doesn't. It's not—not not only is it not biblically merited, it's— against the bible's description of how jesus saves so again we would say it's a rejection of the nature of salvation and therefore is heresy and i put this as my number one you were already leading to sebastian but i put it as my number one for effective um i think i think it has become a far less effective, especially these days because of how bad the Pope is and how crappy the Catholic church is on a wide scale, right? Like we were just saying with the, with Joe Biden and Nancy Pelosi supposedly being Catholics in the U S whereas the U S was one of like the core smartest and most money giving parts of the Roman Catholic church. It's really waning these years just because religion is waning in general. Um, But then of course the silly superstitions of Latin America are on wide display. And the current Pope is clearly not a believer um, so all those things are kind of hard on the Roman Catholic, especially believing in Roman Catholic. So I think it's a lot less effective than it has been. But yes, it's so widespread and it does ensnare true believers, too, because of marriages and how widespread it is. And the fact that they call themselves Christians and how much influence they have on media um, that it is, I think, yes, the number one effective heresy.
1: The irony, as you just mentioned, the Pope. I even ha- I have a quote from Unam Sanctum, which is I mean, was passed a long time ago during the Middle Ages. I understand, but you have to believe this. They, that's another problem with Catholicism. There's all this baggage that you have to believe. It's their fide You must believe this is the truth, otherwise you're cut out from salvation. Not only do you have to merit your salvation, you have to merit your grace, but you have to believe these extra things, such as and from the Pope, which is kind of very very sad that they still have this. Furthermore, we declare, we proclaim, we define that it is absolutely necessary for salvation that every human creature be subject to the Roman pontiff. Take a look at the Pope living, the two Popes living nowadays and tell me if they believe the exact same thing and believe the exact same thing as Popes did in the middle ages and all going all the way back to the times of the disciples. I think not. Yeah, and all this stuff about Mary—that you have to believe that she was conceived without sin, that she was taken up to heaven—I have a, I even have a sample here to show you why this this isn't something to be taken lightly. Even though I you know I'm coming at it with a lighthearted spirit, but from *The Glories of Mary*, an excellent book. If you want to lose years of your life, <laughs> I'm to read this.
0: Excellent for hurting yourself. Okay.
1: Yes. Yes so you want some progressive stuff watch our channel and how we debunk that and then lose some years to your life while we're debunking it for this read it from a doctor of the church so not 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 a not a rando a doctor of the church like on the on par with augustine jerome those type of people mm-hmm. okay Alfonso liguri this is a prayer that he wrote in thy hands i place my eternal salvation to mary and to thee do I entrust my soul. Count me amongst thy most devoted servants. Take me under thy protection, and it is enough for me. For if thou protect me, dear mother, I fear nothing. Not from my sins, because thou wilt obtain from me the pardon of them. Nor from the devils, because thou art more powerful than all hell together. Nor even from Jesus, my judge himself, because by one prayer from thee he will be appeased. But one thing I fear, that in the hour of temptation I may neglect to call on thee and thus perish miserably. Obtain for me then the pardon of my sins, love for Jesus, final perseverance, and the grace always to have recourse to thee, O Mother of Perpetual Help.
0: Yeah, so that would be, it's not only the bowing, worshiping, candlelighting, idolatry that comes with regular Roman Catholic um, worship and veneration of saints. It's straight equation of, of Mary to salvation and blasphemy against God. So we would call that heresy in <laughs> of itself.
1: Yes, and this isn't just a French movement. The, everyone was thinking that Pope John Paul II, like three, two popes, three popes ago, would have been, he would have actually approved this, the Mary as a co-redemptrix would have been an official dogma because his whole thing was totus tua, which means all yours in Latin, but not all yours to God, it's all yours to Mary. So this, this isn't just a French movement Pope was really devoted to Mary so this is why I would say with all the baggage not just not just having a terrible gospel a confusion of the gospel but on this at the same time adding all these burdens all these blasphemous burdens to people that you will say you must believe otherwise you're cowed from cut out from the church and going to hell that is why I would say this is because of the number of people that are part of this church how many deranged beliefs it holds and how, anymore, but I would say they used to be very uh, efficacious at spreading their message through the Jesuits. Ironically, they're the most liberal of Catholics today, but because of all these reasons, they are our number one. Yeah, and I would, would, I would say,
0: know, I, I think the particularly effective part of the Roman Catholic Church is the conservative-believing Protestant er, basically Protestant Catholic Church here in the U.S., um, where they don't hold to most all the superstitions of the Catholic Church. Um, They're conservative politically. They're conservative theologically as far as they believe that Jesus is God. They believe that the Old Testament is true. They believe the New Testament is true. They hold to, to good living. They hold to godly living. And for that reason, I think they're not as dangerous personally because they hold to a lot of God's law and all that. But of course, they're still dangerous because they're heresy and they deny the gospel, but they're much closer to proper Christian living and proper societal living and personal living than like Mormons or whoever. So I would put them on that front because of my split, I put them as number one for effective evil heresies, but I put them at not even on the list for personal dangerous heresies. I put as my number one, it's gonna be a really weird surprise, but I put black Hebrew Israelites as my number one for personal danger again, thematically, the personal danger ones are things that personally endanger you and are also heresies. I think that the Black Hebrew Israelites are a very dangerous group. Um, they're not only extremely culty as far as like excommunicative and they cut you off from your family and they want you giving all your money to, the, to their particular sect church thing, uh, their groups. I mean there's there's so many different sects of them that I know they have different names for their, their local bodies, their local churches, chapters, and whatever else. Um, But black Hebrew Israelites are a group that believes that the Jews were really black people and that they were enslaved and sent off to West Africa specifically. So not other groups of black people, but specifically West African black people, and that they were um, enslaved and sent to the New World. And so that all the slaves that ended up in specifically the New World, America, Caribbeans, and South America, that they were the real Jews and that now God is calling these people back to um, Judaism. So they, and they believe in Jesus as the Messiah and they believe that Jesus was black because he was a Jew and Jews are black. So they get this from, of course, their butts. Um, It's not anywhere found in history. It's, there's like a sci-fi fantasy novel, like Scientology of some guy that wrote about it in the 1930s that's been picked up on, but the problem with it is, not besides it just straight not being historically true, is that they go back to the law for justification. So just like Jews today, they look to the law for justification. And so they are totally works-based gospel. And they're perniciously culty, like I said. They, they like want you in their little commune. They're usually pro-communism. They're extremely racist. Um, and so they do allow for whites to join and other groups to join, but they are like a lesser member. Um, their theology is about... Um, God finally putting the black man's boot over the white person, so a lot like the Nation of Islam, if you know anything about the Nation of Islam, except for supposedly Christians, kind of like Judeo-Christians, but in any case, they're perniciously dangerous. They're not just dangerous like ostracizing you either, because and this might be like some demographic overlap but because they are predominant in the African American community and not usually the well to do educated African American community they also have an extremely high murder and assassination rate so just a you know a little FYI that they have probably i think statistically the highest amount of domestic abuse and murder and interdenominational assassinations of any of the groups we've talked about now so they are physically and personally dangerous to be part of and they're actually physically and personally dangerous to oppose in the united states because of that now i i do think that that's really just a demographic reach because they're in more impoverished black neighborhoods that have higher crime rates their groups have higher crime rates but It isn't a lie that they've had other people assassinated, that they've killed other sects because they're also very um, diversified in their beliefs because they're so um, not grounded in truth. So there are a lot of different sects spawn out of them. But that's why I put them definitely a heresy and definitely personally dangerous. So that is why they're my number one. They're also growing in the United States. so Honestly, they might become more effective. They might have made my top five effective list they just i don't personally see them a lot because again they're in like inner city black communities which surprisingly i am not um, nor sebastian so i don't see them a lot in my day-to-day but they are definitely a growing movement that i think we need to grow to combat and there's not a ton of information on them like there is on the mormons or the jehovah's witnesses to combat so i put them as my number one for all those reasons
1: and have they not read there's neither june nor greek slave for free Man or
0: woman, so uh, they have not <laughs> read, I think, much at all. But they're, actually, we might do, I, I have not done one of these in a while, but the, the debate reviews. Usually I save them for like serious reviews and then I, I review them. They're very hard, they're very time intensive to do those for videos, but they are some of our top performing videos. There's a really, really, really funny debate, I think, between Church of Christ, which I, I would call borderline heresy, if not just straight heresy, um, versus Black Hebrew Israelites, which are straight heresy and they're just they have like a hype man next to them both groups have a hype man next to them must have been requested from the black hebrew israelites where they do read scripture but first of all they're definitely king james only and then um second of all they they also quote their like weird holy book which is like a sociology book from the 1930s um and they shout it out in in really ghetto accents anyways it's great we might do one they're really funny in that regard um but again dangerous very dangerous and that's not just like haha funny they destroy souls and bodies
1: yes Unfortunately, even though I'm the man behind the book, I have little information on these people and I get it all from secondhand smoke. But one person I can recommend if you want more information is vocab Malone. Yeah, he is a Christian and the only one I know of really who has gone in depth and actually goes to the streets, putting his, putting his life on the line. (laughs) Terrible, really terrible. That might get assassinated one of these days, but he actually goes and debates black Hebrew Israelites and all different kinds of groups. So I think he has much more, if you want more details, I would say he would be a good starting point. Yeah.
0: I agree. All right, Sebastian, let's try to wrap things up. So we've talked five heresies, really 15 heresies, give or take, um, that we've talked about that are dangerous. This is not all inclusive. So if you have a heresy that you think is very dangerous, you can feel free to comment it. We weren't trying to be all inclusive. There's definitely dangerous heresies we did not put on this list. We didn't put some of the classical heresies like Arianism or... um, Uh, Pelagianism on this list just because they're definitely heresies, they're definitely dangerous, but we didn't put them on our top five. I think it's very important for modern-day Christians to prioritize what's a real problem and what's not. Not because, you know, believing that Jesus is Buddha isn't a real problem, but because that's not usually a, a thing people are bringing up. So it's very important to prioritize what you spend your time learning to combat because you're only going to encounter so many things in your life. You're not going to encounter every possible heresy out there. So I think this is a very important exercise, especially as pastors, but also as individual Christians, to determine what you think the biggest problems in the church are today and what you need to prepare to combat. So that's why we've done this today. Hopefully it was useful to you. Any closing words, Sebastian?
1: Yes, it's not only important to combat, but also for your own community. Communion with the saints, I would say, because because I've had this conversation with my pastor. Not it doesn't happen in my church, for the record, but in the U.S., people are very quick sometimes to pull up the guns and start shooting at other believers. That not literally, not metaphorically. <laughs> should clarify that. <laughs> when when you have a minor disagreement, no, get out of here, you dirty heathen, you dirty mm-hmm. heretic, uh, you don't think the same as me on this issue, we're out. We're making our own church. People have, Churches have split over music preferences. People have split over alcohol. People have split over many things, many things. So not only does having a list of priorities is important and useful for what you spend your time on to, if you want to be an apologist, if you want to go out and debate people or interact in with those beliefs and critique them, but also by having such a, well-defined list of what is truly gospel center what is what makes it or break it when you when it comes to christianity it helps you show grace to other people for yep. me as i've been reading church history there are many weirdos out there like irenaeus who i would say he's a brother in christ but for whatever reason he believed jesus lived until to, to the age 65 where did he get that from his cheeks yep clearly but I would say he's not an apostate or a heretic in that sense. Likewise, my fellow Lutherans out there, why do you baptize your babies? What's wrong with you? But, but, we do hold the same Christ and I will be more than happy to go to a Lutheran church. Hopefully they welcome me there, but I would still call them brothers in Christ. Same with Presbyterians, same with all other kinds of Baptists with other different quirks, same with Methodists that hold to the gospel of Christ. So by having a well-defined list of what makes what is true christianity so you can combat heresies but also you can extend as much grace as possible to brothers and sisters that may not look exactly like you
0: i 100 percent agree and that's why we have found our cause in serving the lord jesus christ thanks for listening we've been the found cause i've been michael by behind the machine to my virtual friend has been sebastian the bookkeeper If you want to see the rest of our episodes, you can go to foundcause.podbean.com and download them all for your listening pleasure. That is audio only, though. If you want to see our videos and see our lovely faces, you can go to YouTube and search us up foundcause there. We're also on Facebook, facebook facebook.com forward slash foundcause. We're also on iTunes, Spotify, and wherever you might find your podcast. So until next time, we talk about something completely different. In fact, we might just be having a debate with a Roman Catholic. I've been Michael. That's been Sebastian. Bye. Bye.